And we're here with episode 107. I think this might be, correct me if I'm wrong, but this might be the earliest we've ever actually started. We're only seven minutes behind. <laughs> it's it's up there. Oh, man. This is, this is early for yeah. us, for sure. So um, right off the bat, Nick is not here. He apparently has family. One of the things we, we agreed that we had conquered. <laughs> Slain, yeah. oh, yes. to be okay. more precise. Slain yeah. is actually worse, I think, than conquered. <laughs> <laughs> Slain in the... Uh, the conceptual yes. sense, not in the physical yeah. sense. So, um, yeah. Before we before we get to the show, I wanted to to talk to you a little bit about my experience yesterday. Um, I had never been to a batting cage, and went to one yesterday as part of birthday party. Happy birthday, by the I way! I mean, officially was, on the show. It was last week. I know, um, but still, still, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I went to this batting cage, and it was actually a combination batting cage and uh pitching center so they had a couple of pitching lanes with mounds like portable mounds and then they had a, a backstop with a net at the end that had like strike zone painted or taped on it and having never been to one it was very like obviously like magic school bus it's the kind of thing they would do is go and play baseball to learn about physics like it was very sciencey and i found myself fascinated with the ability to like not just I've like we, I'm on a softball team, so we we play every week. But you don't really get the experience of trying to kind of hone in on specific things. And so, like for instance, we got the chance in the batting cage to dial up or down the speed of the pitch. Uh, and the like, I don't know if you've seen any batting cages, but like the pr- pr- um, I want to say primordial, but that's not right. Like primitive ones, they just take the two circle, like two um, tires, and like shoot a ball at you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this one had yeah. an arm that went down, grabbed a ball, and then oh, cool. rotated up and flung it. So you actually get to kind of anticipate. Okay. It's not just kind of sh- a ball shooting at you. Right. And it was very interesting. And So so it didn't have like the tube right. thing that... Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, so it, it was very fun. And I like going through and finding it was actually kind of easier up to a certain point to hit a ball that was moving faster. And okay. I think just because you're kind of over-anticipating if a ball comes slowly then especially because it's not a human so the the arm rotates right. pretty slowly and then at the end it kind of speeds up and flings it so i found it was easier to anticipate when there was kind of less time but i'm sure that would like if it was going 100 miles an hour i'm sure i would miss it completely but mm. it was very interesting and, and like pitching the same way um there was a radar gun behind one of the things and so there were a couple mounds one that was close one that was far and just trying to trying to get it accurate and fast was extremely difficult like as you'd expect but it was kind of interesting getting the chance to tweak things normally when you're pitching or when you're practicing pitching there's a there's a batter there or there's a catcher there and like there's real world forces that get tired but we were there for three hours and so like my arm is super sore because i was doing stuff for a lot of that and just trying to figure stuff out like i, I pitch for our softball team so trying to learn about what i could do just to, to make the spin and make the ball move without worrying about in-game consequences was really interesting or right. worrying about boring or tiring yeah. out like a catcher or someone to throw the ball back it was right yeah as far as the the pitch speed like i know the concept of an off-speed yeah. pitch that, that's kind of what they rely on but i think that more has to do with the batter expects a certain right. speed and then you throw it yep. different either i don't know if it's always slower i feel like it's always slower <laughs> i feel like if they pitch, could but... just throw it faster they probably would like that would be the normal right yeah yeah so i'm, I'm assuming that it's just an awesome is just slower than yeah. expected and, well with so, um i'm not sure how easy it is to throw a fast knuckleball 
but like having a knuckleball that's normally the off-speed pitch is there's no rotation on it as well and a slower ball has more of a chance to kind of move around if you ever watched right. knuckleball and on tv yeah it can just break for no reason just in a gust of wind can you not throw an off-speed pitch of any you could type? but i think in general like, if you throw a slow fastball people like there's gonna hit it out of the park like it's it's just easier to hit whereas a knuckleball will yeah. just kind of float all over the place it's hard to read yeah, yeah. that's fair yeah but um yeah i i have only been to a batting cage back in like junior right. high like i don't know if i don't think you were on the floor hockey team at the time but when it went to Kelowna, okay. no, I, I wasn't there for a tournament. Yeah, and they had a batting cage here that we nice. went to, and I I sucked at it. <laughs> but I feel like I'd be better at it now. But I think I'd be pretty sore the right. next day for sure because I don't play sports regularly anymore. <laughs> right. So I think that you play softball regularly and you're sore, so it'd probably destroy. To be you fair, for it's a, slow pitch. Like time. it's it's yeah. still though it's yeah. activity and your same motions but it was like the thing that to me made me think i might actually go back relatively soon is that there were 13 of us and we had worked out a deal we were there for three hours and it was only 300 dollars. like it was the whole facility we had we had like a, oh, wow. a kind of sectioned off area with couches and apparently there's an xbox but we didn't actually like there weren't en- enough <laughs> of us up there to actually play uh at any time but so there were two batting lanes, two pitching lanes, and then this kind of t-ball area where you could just kind of practice whatever. So like like field fly balls and that no, kind it was of just thing. like a very small or, area. Like they had a they had a tee, oh, okay. a couple bats, and then a bunch of little kind of wiffle ball type things, um, just to kind of get a sense of your swing, I guess. But it was yeah. like it was a hundred dollars an hour, and thirteen of us were basically like there was an area. It was all turf. There was basically an area you could just like do stretches and. There were exercise balls and stuff. Like it was a whole facility for baseball training, but very affordable. And I think you can get, it was like 20 or $30 for. It was affordable when you have hour. that many people. Yeah. It was like a dollar a minute or something. And I, yeah. I assumed it would be more expensive to do something like that, but it was pretty good. Right. Cool. But uh, yeah. So anyways, the, the show, go to a pitching cage if you, if you're at all interested, because it's not that expensive and it's fun. Um, there's one piece of follow-up I had here about the Tesla thing we talked about at the end of last week. Um, which is that they also, f- they, we had talked about how they found a DVD player that was allegedly playing a Harry Potter movie. And I just wanted to, I was reading other accounts of the thing and other stuff they'd found. And apparently there was also a laptop in there that may or may not have been on and working. Like the guy had a, a laptop mount on his dash. Oh, geez. Uh, the laptop apparently wasn't in it, but it right. could have been because like it was a car accident i don't know but this guy was he was a tech enthusiast like he was all about tesla he was a big uh promoter of electric vehicles and and tesla but it seems like he wasn't that attentive a driver and was kind of used to autopilot helping out so yeah it's just strange that he's trying to treat the autopilot as a self-driving mm. functionality because it's not and he would know of like, all people has, yeah Right. Yeah. Like it has, you know, lane change assistance and hazard notification and all that kind of stuff, but it's not a self-driving car. So, but to have those kinds of things in there, you'd require self-driving, like basically full self-driving capabilities. Like you're not going to go on your laptop unless you're able to dedicate full attention to it. So I don't understand why you'd, why you'd have those kinds of things in it. And like, yeah, I, I don't know if, if we're going to find definitively if those kinds of things were an element or a factor in this accident, but 
it sounds like just based on all the the witness accounts and that kind of thing that there's no way this would have happened unless he literally wasn't paying attention right. to what he was doing or what the car was yeah. doing for that matter. The, the other part I found interesting and this kind of was I was reminded of this yesterday. We're driving along trying to get on the highway and just driving along a straight dry road. Uh, all of a sudden a car comes around and, through an intersection uh, like turning right and merges ahead of us. And this car wasn't moving particularly fast and didn't have anywhere near enough time to actually merge. But like if a car is in front of you, you break or you hit it. Uh, right. It just it's like this can't be cured or fixed. Like you can't solve this problem until either human drivers get better and like start being more considerate of other people or all cars are self-driving to a good extent. Like I I mentioned yesterday or last week that uh, if that semi had also been self-driving, it wouldn't have gone at that time because there wasn't enough room. Mm. And so no accident would have happened. But like that's that's the kind of thing is that I think it'll be okay. And I've read this in various places that once humans aren't driving, like when you're on a bus, you don't you don't like yell at the bus driver for not driving well enough or not driving fast enough. You just you trust that the driver knows what he's doing and is driving properly. And so I think people will stop paying attention to the road once they have fully self-driving cars anywhere. People in them will stop paying attention to the road and stop paying attention to every little nuance of trying to save a few seconds here and there because they'll just be able to occupy themselves in the car with whatever's going on. Yeah. I think it'll really be more like to be, a bus. To be fair, when I'm in a bus, anytime I'm thinking, does this guy know what he's doing? I always think, well, at least we're way bigger than anything oh else on gosh. the road. So if something hits us, it's going to be worse off than we yeah. are. Like that That's most of the reassurance right. to me, unless it's like a semi kind of yeah. thing. But for the most part, it's vehicles on the road. And if a vehicle hits the bus, like the bus isn't right. moving, right? Like, so... But I know what you're mm. saying, though. Eventually, you'll just get used to just being driven around. It's, I'd liken it more to being in a taxi. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's put it that way, right? So you're trusting someone else who you don't right. know to drive mm. you. You don't know their driving habits. You're just getting in saying, okay, this guy is a licensed taxi driver. He knows what he's doing. He knows where he's going. And my life is in your hands. And you're just kind of hoping that yeah. he knows this what he's doing. This guy is a verified really. Uber driver. I'm going to wait 30 <laughs> seconds before calming down to see if he's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, kind of. That's, that's a whole different yeah. thing. But it's, yeah, from the aspect of trusting someone else to drive you, that's pretty much what you're doing when it comes to yeah. self-driving cars. In, so. in some ways, that's what you're doing anytime you go on the road because there's other cars out there and you have no idea right. if they're just going to suddenly yeah. drift across the lane or like chaotically change lanes without signaling. Um, this this always gets me thinking, because, like, I don't know. I know I'm in a filter bubble uh, on Twitter where I am looking for people who bike around Ottawa and like talk about biking all the time. But I was sitting there at an intersection at a red light that actually, it actually has a bike advanced green, like a little bike light shows up and yeah. let's. Yeah. Ours has those too downtown. And yeah. so I was sitting there waiting at this intersection on my bike and this guy, this biker in full gear, like bike riot gear, the equivalent, uh, just rolls out slowly into the intersection as buses and cars are going through like literally into the intersection, not get, not in a way that he's going to get hit, but in a way that he's like just trying to get through as fast as possible. Every single other person in the intersection be damned just rolls out as a bus goes by. And there's like like a second or two of time. He just goes through the intersection. And I think like with all the hate that bikers get pretty much everywhere, there's bikers and cars on the same kind of roads. I think we need to start, having a thing where if a biker does something stupid like if a car did that everyone would honk at him 
And Julian made the point that a car wouldn't do that. But like I've seen some pretty outrageous behavior from people in cars. I feel like we should start honking at people should start honking at bikers that do outrageously stupid things like blowing red lights or just going through intersections or stop well, signs. Stop signs are no stop. No, no, signs. No, no, I know. Rob. I know. But um, <laughs> I, I wrote a thing last week. I know. I, I, I saw what you read. About and I agree, momentum but... specifically in that. Uh, so later later on that trip. I was just going through a a neighborhood that has a bunch of stop signs and I hate stopping at stop signs. I know cars hate it too. I was pulling up like alongside the curb. I was pulling up to a stop sign to like, I, I tend to go down to the point where I could put my foot down. I don't roll. I could put my foot down there and stop. Yeah. I can see clearly that there's no cars coming and then I go again, but I'll I'll go down to like a few kilometers an hour. And as I'm doing this, as I'm slowing down, this car just rolls straight on through. Like it didn't even right. slow down. Like th- this yeah. is not a bike problem. This is a driving problem. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And, and as far as stop signs go, like I don't expect anyone, even vehicles, like cars, to come to a complete stop. You're supposed right. to, but yeah. no one does. Right. And, but with cyclists, like I've seen them just rip yeah. right through. Like they'll look both ways and rip yeah, right which through. Is, yeah. But it's like, at, at least pretend like yeah, you're honk yielding. At that. Like, like uh, honestly, I feel like yeah, don't right. try to hit the drivers. Yeah. Don't yell at the, like, don't yell right. in your own car. Like, ah, dr- bikes are so stupid. Just honk like you would if a driver yeah. did that in a dangerous way. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I agree that it's a pain in the butt to come mm-hmm. to a complete stop. So at least like slow down, yield, and yeah. then go. Like, so, yeah, the, anyway. I'll, I'm going to put a link to my to the thing now because I I just want to describe briefly. People are uh, absolutely engaged by this. We have two live viewers, and that almost never happens, even when I do much more to promote the live uh, feed. So, in the in the piece, I actually calculated some momentum values for cars and bikes, and a bike going because this this really is all about momentum. If you have a lot of momentum, it's hard to stop, and it would also be the kind of thing where if you if you're going fast and can't stop and somebody else is coming the other direction, you're going to, you're much more likely to get in an accident that you can't avoid. And so I calculated this, this, this is kind of the maximum amount of momentum a, a biker would have even rolling up to a stop sign slowly was I said, 10 kilometers an hour as an example. And this is a 250 pound bike, uh, and ride, um, 250 pounds of bike and rider together going 10 kilometers an hour would have three times less momentum than the average car going two kilometers an hour. And so like this is a, a not a fast bike, but not slow biking and a car that's almost not moving and the car still has three times more momentum. So I feel like bikers are much more justified in slowing down less at a stop sign. But the most important thing is that when you're at a stop sign to go slow enough that you can look both ways and make sure there are no cars. And it's a lot easier for yeah. a bike to do that than a car. Anyone who's ever driven a bike on roads and drives car regularly knows that it's much easier on a bike to look both ways and continue without losing a lot of momentum than it is to do so in a car safely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that was way too much follow up on that, but, but I felt like it was necessary. Yeah. Um, so Mike, I know I'm looking at all the stories in here and I know which one you want to talk about first. So prove me right and tell me about the most (laughs) interesting thing that happened this week. Well, I don't know how you could go this week without <laughs> hearing about it because, you know, in, on the internet, every so often there's, there's fads that last varying lengths mm-hmm. of time. You have some things that last a day, a week, a month. Most recently it was Mitomo, I yep. think it's called. 
Um, and then you had like Peach. Everyone was talking mm-hmm. about for a bit, and that kind of so died. Pretty what quick. is it this week? So the latest thing is Pokemon mm-hmm. Go, and that was released to the world, or intentionally released to like three countries, but the world has it now. Um, an app that is based around the Ingress infrastructure and systems, yeah. but is using Pokemon as a theme and game objective. Okay. So the concept is the same as Ingress from what I've heard. I've never played so, Ingress, but I've heard a lot about it. Before we get too far, can I give a little bit of background that I read this morning that I kind of found fascinating? Sure. Um, apparently, Niantic is the same company behind both games. Yep. Uh, apparently, all of the background, the back end stuff, like all the landmarks, everything was is just Ingress. Like basically, it yeah. was a it was a testing ground for the technology. And they crowdsourced all this information and it just plugged it into the Pokemon game. Like, did you read that yeah, on Reddit? It actually okay, is <laughs> just the exact same stuff. Like all the mapping technology is the same. Apparently even, uh, they were saying that the, the experience points or whatever it is you collect in Ingress is based on the frequency of people with smartphones being there. And that same kind of density map of people the mapping yeah is where pokemon are more likely to show up which i just found so fascinating like the all this time everyone put into ingress is now paying off for people playing pokemon like that's that's so crazy but awesome yeah and in, in theory the ingress people are getting paid off like they're they're getting benefit too because ideally they'll be they'll be playing yes oh yeah of course pokemon yeah. go as well right so it's not like oh suckers like you did all yeah. the work it's you know, thanks. Now we yeah, can all enjoy yeah. this because like a lot of people couldn't get into Ingress. Like I know I kind of wanted to, like, but I didn't really have a reason interested. to. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there to like immediately pull me in. I was like, the concept sounds cool. I can appreciate why people like it, but there's nothing specifically for right. me to get into. But this one, because I grew up with Pokemon that at least that's enough to be, Oh, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll mm-hmm. see what it's like. And I've caught four Pokemon just sitting <laughs> in a place which is my yeah, kind of game. Yeah. So <laughs> not, not that I don't enjoy moving around and stuff, but I just don't have yeah. that type of lifestyle or habits that I'd be walking around in various right. places, maybe downtown. Yeah, yeah. Like if I went for a walk at lunch, then I right. could pull up my phone and play for a bit. But well, I know like friend of the show, Keegan, he was really into Ingress for a long time and now he's really into Pokemon. Like he, he would go for walks just playing Ingress, like just gathering portals and all that. And okay. now he, like, he just telling me a couple of days ago, he went on a two hour walk just, just because like he's a teacher. So he has days in the summer, like he's writing stuff, sure. but, um, yeah, he's just, he's just wandering playing Pokemon and he's like, he's doing insanely well because he has all this time. But yeah, in, in yeah. general, the adult lifestyle where you're working full time isn't conducive to just having an extra couple of hours to walk around. But there are a lot of people yeah. for whom that doesn't apply. Yeah. The timing release for this was, oh, was really perfect. good because it was like. summer when kids are out of school like that's (laughs) prime time the uh the the other thing that i liked having played ingress for a while like a little bit i was just kind of testing it out like i I like the technology that goes behind it um with ingress you choose you go and choose a a team almost immediately after starting the game whereas in pokemon there are three different teams you can be on but you don't get to pick a team until you hit level five which takes a few hours of playing which yeah. I think is helpful because it kind of gives you a lay of the land, lets you figure out the game. Whereas when Ingress, you like sign up and it's like, do you want to be on the resistance or do you want yeah. to be on the, I don't know, police state? I don't know. What, I forget what they were called. Whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this lets you kind of see what the game is like first. And then even though I think it's just like colors, I don't think it actually matters in the game. It's just a way to have people compete against each other. 
but I found yeah. it really interesting that they decided to make that change. And I think it's for the better. Yep. So you have caught four Pokemon. Is that? It? Yeah, I've caught Pidgey, uh, Zubat, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, just really lame ones. <laughs> just. Yeah. I thought, <laughs> like when you're sitting there doing nothing and one happens to yeah. be there, it, they're a lot lamer. I was, I was downtown yeah. and apparently like I caught a, a Pidgeot, which apparently is pretty rare. Oh, like, really? It's the third That's... form of Pidgey. No, it's the Pidgeotto second is the second. One, that's what this is what I'm told. Is it? Pidgeot's oh, okay. the most evolved. I always like, it was, was a third. huge. Okay. It's huge. And Okay. Like the the interesting thing is that it does kind of parallel the Pokemon games that everyone's used to, in that I would catch it. Like I would throw the ball at it like you're supposed to do, catch it, and it would break out and it broke out like four or five times. Like it all the stuff that you're used to from Pokemon, like harder, bigger Pokemon are harder to catch, actually kind of holds up in this game. Right. So did you have to weaken it first by fighting no, it or how does that work? Throw, because I, you might be able to, but I have no idea about that. I just kept throwing pokeballs at it until one finally held. Yeah, I was expecting because in the game, pretty much any time you throw a pokeball and you don't at least semi weaken right. it first, it will yeah. bust out at least the first time. And none of the times I've thrown <laughs> pokeballs at the pokemon they've busted out. So I'm like, mm. okay, maybe you're just not intended to fight yeah. them, but like and but there is an element of fighting because you have Pokemon with attacks and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I figured that was more like player to player combat versus. That's, as far as I know, that's in the gyms. You go right. And, okay, like, that's what I figured. Will, yeah. will hold gyms that are like landmarks yeah. around the city, and then this this is what Keegan, this is all secondhand from Keegan. So if it's wrong, everyone email Keegan. Um, you leave like once you conquer a gym you leave a pokemon there like a powerful one and then people can come and they try they try to battle like knock out that pokemon but they get up to six to choose and so it's it's kind of a lopsided fight and that it's stacked against the the current gym holder which makes sense yeah um but yeah it, it encourages people to get out and fight because it's easier to take a gym than it is to defend one yeah that yeah I think the most interesting thing about the Pokemon Go kind of like it, it, it really has, if you're on the internet at all and you haven't seen it, like, I don't know what you're doing because you're in the wrong places or unless you don't like it and then you're in the right places, but <laughs> it's all like Facebook, Twitter, all like, it's all people posting, um, screenshots, snapshots of the app, like places they are. Uh, there's all kinds of news stories, like people finding dead bodies, people like going to graveyards at 4 a.m. and like four or five people just being there because there's some landmark there. Yeah, it, it's taken. I read over. one story on Reddit. Yeah, I read one story on Reddit of like there are four cop cars all just sitting in one yeah. parking lot. So a guy drove past and saw there's like a Pokestop, so he's going to go to it. But there were like four cop cars, so he drove past. He's like, that's kind of weird. He's like, I'm going to r- circle back around just to like see what they're doing. So he goes back and walks up to the cars and like holds up his phone and like the other guy like holds up his phone and starts laughing. And then I guess they were chatting. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're like and then he overheard one guy's like, oh, I caught another Caterpie. Like, so it's like four cop cars just sitting there playing Pokemon yeah, Go. Yeah. I think they're like holding they're waiting for whoever else to show right. up or they're doing something else. But in the meantime, they're yeah. all just sitting there playing Pokemon. As, so. as a police officer, I'm sure there's lots of downtime where you're just like right. you're waiting for the next call. Yeah. If I've yeah. if the so movie is super bad, funny, is it all like, true? Then that's what you do. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, literally everyone, not literally, but uh, effectively every type of person is playing Pokemon in yeah. some form. I was, I was reading on Twitter yesterday, someone had ordered 
uh, food through whatever app or service delivery. Uh, and there was this huge guy that came like built like a football player, gym rat, some type of like, he was just massive and started talking to them about Pokemon go and like had a squirtle iPhone case. Like it was just like (laughs) this, you would never expect these people to be into it, but like, what was it? The combination of nostalgia, cool technology and like just popular culture makes it this massive hit for everybody. Yeah. There's also like the fear of missing out aspect too. Like with a lot of these things, that's half of what it is. Like I've downloaded so many things just because it's like, Oh, it's new and Mm -hmm. everyone's doing it. I I feel like Snapchat is kind of like that for me. Snapchat has more active users than Twitter. So no, I know. But for me personally, my use of it is like, well, everyone else is doing it. I should probably try to use it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, with, with this, like it's the same thing with movies, like movies now, they're all very like nineties nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Right. And targeting that, you know, 18 to 35 year old demographic and, and bringing Mm -hmm. back those emotions from your childhood. So I guess this is just kind of along that same line. Apparently speaking of things I saw on Reddit this morning, apparently finding Dory is the most popular movie of 2016, like the most highest grossing, like more than civil war, which just seems crazy to me. And it was a bad movie too. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. I don't know about bad. It was, it was relying too much on nostalgia from the first one. I, I felt like Zootopia was way, right. way better. I felt. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen either of them, but Disney has something like four or five, three or four of the top five grossing movies so far. Yeah. I'd recommend yeah. Zootopia before finding Dora. Mm. Before, yeah. Zootopia is good. Finding Dora. It. That would be a fun. Find, finding Dora. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, the, the whole nostalgia thing is interesting. Like as we, we talked about in the middle of the week, I never really played Pokemon. I was familiar with it. Like I, I very, very, very passively collected cards for maybe a few months when I was teenaged, but nowhere near anything. Like I had a couple packs or something like it was. Yeah. But it's still like the technology is interesting. And I, I know like I'm passively aware of who Pokemon are. So like I can talk about some of the names of at least the, the base ones with some familiarity, but it's taken over and i i'm not even participating in the nostalgia part i'm just like it's more like just the recognition part it's like oh those are names i recognize let's play that game yeah it's interesting because i've i have grown up with like pokemon red and blue and then eventually yellow came out yeah and those are the only three that i was ever really familiar with and they had like ruby and whatever Mm. um but with the new versions, they came out with more yeah. Pokemon. So originally there was the 150 and then 151. And then now they have like... Thousands? I want to say like 400, 500, 600. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many. They have a lot. And even like the starting Pokemon are different and Wait, the newer ones and all that kind of stuff. So I was... Ha- yeah. So I was happy to see that they were sticking with like the classic red-blue Pokemon. Like at least up so far, it's been mm-hmm. those. And I haven't seen any of like the crazy new ones. Right. Because, like, people our age probably wouldn't recognize them. Right, yeah. Right? Like, kids kids these days yeah. would, like, who are still into Pokemon. Because it is still, like, a game that's played and they're still being developed oh, yeah, and yeah. whatever. But but as far as the, the older versions, it was pretty much just our demographic that, that had exposure to it. So they're trying to cater to that kind of user right. base. The people who, who would appreciate seeing, you know... Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and Charmander. Right. The uh, by the way, don't 
pick Bulbasaur. Whatever you do, it's okay. the worst. There, <laughs> real time follow up. There are seven hundred and twenty nine Pokemon. Okay, yeah, I knew it was in that ballpark of like five or six hundred, yeah. but that's crazy. Um, yeah, I could never. Oh my gosh, there, there's so much more about Pokemon than I could ever claim to know or want to know. Yeah, it's, it's a bizarre thing, but I totally get. Like they're all cute characters and they have different powers. And I was having a conversation last night about this. Like Pokemon has literally taken over my social sphere. Whether or not I'm going to keep playing it forever is kind of, or anybody is going to keep playing it for more than a few weeks is beyond <laughs> my knowledge. Right. But uh, we, like we were all talking about how interesting it would be. Like if you had to go into a cave or if you had to go below uh, the level of elevation to find like a bat or like a diglet or something or if you had to go over water to find a magikarp like all all these different things you could do if you had to be like in a building like in the air to find flying ones how interesting that would be if they could add that extra layer onto things uh or if you like if you were in a forest or like tall grass or something that's when you'd find like a grass one or something but if, right. from what i've seen it it's more just like they're randomly scattered and rarer ones are scattered more sparsely yeah when they have th- Incense is yeah. what they call it, which attracts Pokemon and presumably better Pokemon. Um, there's also eggs. I don't know yeah. sure where you find eggs, but I think I have a few eggs, but I don't know how they places. work. Oh, do you? Oh, nice. How did you get they're them? Poke stops sometimes. Like you just find them. They're usually like they're usually just three Pokeballs when you go to a Poke stop. This all sounds like nonsense oh, if anybody okay. doesn't play or know anything about the game. Uh, there's usually three Pokeballs when you find when you go to a landmark, but Okay. Sometimes there's three Pokeballs and one egg. That's right. where I found them. Okay. So have you incubated it yet? <sighs> I don't I think you, are you incubating it by it? walking with the app open. We have to put it inside the incubator. Right. I have an egg inside the incubator and I've I've been oh, walking. Okay. Yeah. But I haven't had the app open while walking and so it only I've I'm oh, like point zero okay. three kilometers. So like right. I think you need to have it yeah. open while you're walking around. Yeah, you do. Like so is it like a two, a five or a ten kilometer? Yeah, I, I have a couple of three egg. kilometer ones. Maybe yeah, okay. two, three, and five. I think are the numbers I have. Oh, okay, yeah. I from what I've heard, you have to have it open, which is killing yeah. your battery. Although there is, on, I was looking on the settings on iOS, there is a low power toggle, but I have no idea what it does other than make that. I, if there's low power toggle, I don't know why that wouldn't be on all the time because it didn't noticeably affect gameplay for me. But mm. I'm sure there's a reason. It's just not advertised. Right. There's also been rumor of Niantic banning or disabling access to the game from certain mm-hmm. users i've heard these rumors I, i've not seen anything yeah that's like a few weeks ago when or not a few weeks ago but up to and including a few weeks ago when there were reports that team viewer people were getting hacked because team viewers servers had been hacked and then it turned out that those people just didn't have uh like proper security setup like their passwords had been leaked somewhere or they didn't have two-factor authentication turned on or like there was some reason that was causing them to get booted out. And so like, sometimes it doesn't work for me, but it's just because their servers are, uh, overloaded. Like I haven't heard it. And it, it's in Canada. Like you can go, there's stuff mm-hmm. going on in Canada. So it's not like it's a, it's a server level problem in that there's too many people on them more than it is a geographic thing. Like they were saying they were getting shut right. down for being in the wrong country and downloading it. But I don't think that's a thing. I think it's just limited to a certain number of countries. Yeah. Speaking of which, I think a lot of people discovered what an APK was this week, <laughs> <laughs> which is dangerous 
Because I also heard there was like an infected APK yes. that was developed, but apparently not released. Right. It or something. Been, they yeah. said they they said they found it, but it wasn't on the internet. So I, I don't know how that works. But it hadn't been widely circulated. Case, I think it's yeah. So there's an APK that had some sort of like remote access backdoor type thing for someone to get into if they yeah. know how to. That uh, presumably people who developed the APK were were trying to target right. people who are saying, you know, Google searching Pokemon Go APK mm-hmm. and not using a trusted source. Um, the one I usually use for for APKs is APK yeah. Mirror, which is the Android Police mm-hmm. supported site. Um, and they all say, you know, verified, safe for download, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, again, I'm trusting that whoever's <laughs> saying verified safe is actually doing yeah, their job yeah, yeah. properly. Uh, Whatever their job is, <laughs> but, like getting it from a good source, yeah. I would guess. Like when they're Google ones, it will say signed by right. Google. Because those are generally like open source and right. like secured. The, this one's a little bit different, I think, but a lot of people have downloaded the APK mirror yep. one because you can't get it outside of the three or four countries it's released in from the Play Store unless you, you sideload yeah. it that way. The, um, being, being in the mobile syrup Slack, I have a little inside information. The, as of yesterday afternoon, the top four trending articles on mobile syrup are here's how to get Pokemon Go for Android in Canada. Here's how to get Pokemon Go for iOS in Canada. Report <laughs> uncovers malicious remote access tool in modified Pokemon Go APK. And finally, the podcast, the syrup cast, where they talk about Pokemon Go in Canada. Like it's just that's it's crazy. Over. <laughs> yeah. If you're a news news outlet that hasn't reported on Pokemon Go, you're missing yeah. a lot of clicks. They're talking about starting up pokemon syrup and just like completely going all in that's like um mobile nation starting up tesla central as right as tesla takes over <laughs> just like capitalize right. on these little niches as they pop up well they have like the vr nation do they i think hmm. i think so it's they have like some sort of yeah they have a vr sister site or uh sub right. site if you want to yeah. call it that so different strokes but yeah yeah I think VR is a lot more of a justifiable, oh, absolutely. dedicated site than Pokemon. Than Pokemon. <laughs> or even than Tesla. Not even that Tesla, Tesla yeah, exactly. Like have a EV yeah. nation like, or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have anything else to say on Pokemon? I don't want to cut you off. I don't. No, I think I think we're good. I, I'm interested to see how long the hype lasts. It's, it's fun to be a part yeah. of it in the tangential way yeah. I am. And I don't know. It might it might motivate me to download like a an emulator and and play Pokemon again. Yeah. A legal emulator. Of course. There are so many <laughs> of, of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so okay, let, let's get the the less interesting news out of the way first in terms of Canada and mobile. Um, you have a story here that, that we this is almost kind of follow up because a f- few months to a little under a year ago, Fido launched home internet package that was kind of similar to tech savvy um but just a little bit cheaper than rogers maybe and kind of bundled alone and now you have some new news that other discount brands are following this uh, lead yeah virgin being i want to say bell's sub sub brand um has is releasing a home internet as well and again in the same way fido uses rogers connections I'm assuming Virgin's using Bells, so. and uh, I checked my address, and I'm just, it's not available in my area. Um, I 
I think he's probably Quebec. I would, I would think they're starting with now. Toronto area and branching out. Yeah. So their prices are competitive with Fido. Um, but the difference is that you don't need a virgin line, an existing line to sign up for their, their prices. Right. So the, they're competitive with Fido's existing customer pricing. Whereas if you're with, if you're not with Fido already, then your price is higher. So in that case, Virgin would be a better deal than right. Fido. But, um, if you're an existing Fido customer, then, then Virgin would be a competitively priced yeah. option if you're looking for, for that kind of thing. And their, their internet speeds are 20, I think 20 or 25. 25. Yeah. So that's, that's the speed that we're on right now is the 25 megabit per yeah. second plan. And, and we haven't found that we need any more. The 15, we weren't able to stream right. very well. It was a lot of buffering, if it's HD content mm-hmm. especially. But 25 seems to be good enough for, for what most people use, unless you're downloading and uploading a lot of stuff and you need it done yep. quickly. <laughs> like if you're a photographer or something like that, then you'd probably be doing a lot more backing up. And or a podcaster. So. Or a podcaster, where you're doing a lot of podcasts. Well, I have, yeah, I have my offsite backup. It's constantly yep. going when I get, when I finish a 500 megabyte vi- uh, audio file. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is, it's interesting that these smaller subsidiary brands are getting into home internet as well. It makes sense. It's kind of just a matter of time kind of thing. Like why not do it? I'm intrigued because I haven't ever really heard any numbers of how many customers they have doing home internet for Fido. Um, obviously there's some kind of penetration because Otherwise, why would they, why would Virgin be doing this? And why wouldn't Bell just release a plan that's this pricing and stuff? Uh, there is a perception that when you go to someone like Virgin or Kudo or Fido, that you're going to get a cheaper internet plan, whether or not that is actually the case, because they're the discount brand. And a, as these companies get tighter and tighter knit, and as they've been merged for, or at least acquired for longer and longer, the plans have slowly crept towards basically being the exact same, maybe giving you kind of like group benefits, things like FIDO dollars, which are now discontinued, I think as of February or as of July 6th or something. Um, Yeah. Whether or not those things are actually the case, like Virgin Mobile has their rewards program that gives you like 10% off Starbucks. I think it is or like there's, there's discounts you can get. There's a whole catalog. Yeah. Um, And as far as I know, like Bell Rogers and Telus don't really advertise things like that where you kind of, say, Hey, I'm a member of this, this phone cult. And so please give me a discount. (laughs) Like it's reserved for the smaller, the discount brands, but I don't know. I I wouldn't consider signing up for this only because I already have internet service. I'm really happy with. Uh, and I feel like I would still want to support a small company like tech savvy over this, even if their plans were identical with the same prices and all that. I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but whether or not there's actually going to be uptake, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. Like, I can only assume that they're trying to access this different demographic with these types of brands. Like, Rogers is Rogers, and people say, you know, are Gen Xers mm-hmm. who, you know, are 50 or however old now. They'll say, oh, what are my internet options? Okay, you have Bell Rogers and Telus. Let's see which mm-hmm. one I want. Whereas the millennials, quote unquote, might be more aware of variety and wanting different options and value and whatnot. So instead of the same three companies offering it under their brand, because that would take away from the people who currently just stick to those three 
to begin with, they'll offer it under a different brand. So they maintain their current uh, customer base and then they branch out to people who wouldn't otherwise get on with their their brand possibly mm-hmm. so they offer it under fido or virgin or or yeah. kudo i i have to um, imagine there's a non-zero percentage of people who get fed up with roger's service and leave and go to fido and have no idea like they're so they're satisfied now even though it's the same company providing the services yeah. and the services are basically the same but at that point who well, cares i, I like, agree right? in principle but i feel like if they knew that they would be upset depends on their reason if they're like i don't want to give money to rogers anymore then mm-hmm. sure but if it's like i'm getting crappy service i want a different company to get better service and they are getting better yeah. service with yeah. fido then that's true. If, that yeah. that's good right i would um, argue that that and you should probably have the same level of customer <laughs> service at your company regardless of where they sign yeah. up from <laughs> i'm I don't know the inner workings of these companies, but it's my impression is that they're, they are technically different companies with different employees, Mm -hmm. whatnot. Right. So they probably do handle customer service differently. Yeah. Even on like a representative to representative basis, obviously, but even a culture or procedures or or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Right. So like they're owned by the same company, but they function as independent Mm -hmm. entities, which I, I'm not surprised people get different service between Rogers and Fire. The only thing I think is shared would be the technical infrastructure in that like it runs off, everything runs off Rogers lines. And if you get home internet installed through Fido, a Rogers tech will probably come to your house. I doubt a Fido tech would come. And I'm hoping that with the lower prices with these Fido and Virgin home internet, you're not getting lower priority I would think service. so, not like we had with Tech Savvy a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I assume you're not you're not itching to change over, even if this might be a slightly better deal, or you might get perks. I or don't something. know. I'd almost I'd almost be okay trying it mm-hmm. for a bit. Like I'm not locked into any sort of special pricing right. with Telus right now, so I could always just mm-hmm. jump back if I wanted to. <laughs> um, like I've I've had no issues with Telus, but if I can get the same service, like the same quality service, same reliability, whatnot for a better yeah. price and i'm all yeah. for it and and just because it is i don't know maybe i'm just a sucker for the fido brand mm. but i'd be interested to just try out fido internet even though it is just yeah. rogers it's true or virgin <laughs> for that matter i'd be okay trying virgin yeah. out if again if it if it yeah. works out so on on that note let's let's talk about fido fido put out some new plans this week mm-hmm. and fundamentally broke their website at the same time <laughs> <laughs> apparently not entirely broken but still functionally broken well, at least at last check yeah that we, had. we um i'm not gonna post a link to it but i was talking a little bit and you jumped in with uh, fido on twitter did you jump in or did you just <laughs> like a couple yeah days? i just added in an extra what yeah. else is broken <laughs> we I, I reached out and said hey a part of your site is broken uh since you did this update and it seems like things are inconsistent there were still pages talking about old plans that didn't exist anymore and their response was kind of like no, I think you're broken. And no, I'm, I'm not broken. And even if they responded, one of the responses they said was like, oh, can you check in a different browser? And if your internet, if your website doesn't work on the number one most, most popular browser, there's a problem no matter what. Um, yeah. But it, it didn't work. And I'm actually going to check now um, to see if it's working, the, the phone part is working. But they released a bunch of new um, plans which are actually pretty interesting like other friend of the show i'm on i was talking to him about their the very bare bones data plan and he was very intrigued just because the plan he's on right now is 
pay-as-you-go. As far as I know, it's pay-as-you-go. But he pays 20 bucks a month and he gets 20 minutes of like 20 daytime minutes texting and no data, which to me seems like why even bother having a phone plan at that point. But uh, the very low-end Fido plan now is $30 and it comes with 100 megabytes of data, 100 minutes and unlimited messages, which to me, like for for the lowest bare minimum plan, that's a pretty good price compared to things we've seen everywhere else. Um, on the high end, when you try to get into more and more data, I still find it insanely expensive just on a per gigabyte basis, especially compared to even compared to like hotspot, for instance, it just seems like it's way more expensive. Yeah. I'm, I want to talk about the plans mm-hmm. themselves a little bit because your first impression of it was that they're actually making the subsidies a worthwhile. That was my first impression. I'm still not convinced that it's not, but okay. Cause I looked into it and I saw that I'm like, Oh, you know, that's yeah. It says save up to $700 mm-hmm. by paying. I think it was like 15 bucks a save month. Save up to $700 years, by paying 35 bucks a month. Yeah. Okay. There are different so, levels. You can save 300 okay. or 700. Yes. So the top one save up to 700, that wouldn't be a good right. deal because you're paying yes. more on the, the added subsidy price. But the other ones, the I other think ones were, were beneficial, marginally better deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when I looked into their specific phones and which, what types of savings you get with each plan, and I haven't checked since they updated their site because Maybe they did it, change it's it. It's updated to make right it now. We'll, we'll look. Different. Okay. So, so the one said one of their middle tiers said save up to I think it was six hundred bucks. But when I looked at their phones, what they consider a phone worth six hundred dollars when it says you know the cost of the phone is six hundred dollars if you buy it off contract, right. which is where that six hundred would mm-hmm. come from. That value that phone on Telus was like four hundred. Okay. So. I'd hope that they're not intentionally trying to deceive or mislead people that a phone is worth mm-hmm. more. But when there's that big of a difference for the same phone between two companies, I can't help but think that they're just trying to support their claim that you can save up to X dollars by going on contract. Yeah. Because if you buy it again with another company, it wouldn't cost nearly right. that much. So. And then I used the iPhone as an example because you're saying that. Because, yeah, their, their plan is kind of deceptive because it's a save, save after however much, but that varies with the type mm-hmm. of phone you get. So you can't save the same amount on an iPhone as you would with an LG right. G5 on the same yeah. plan. It depends what phone you pick. And I'm sure they're going to do it so that you about break even on anything or on some things. Okay, how about on some <laughs> things? But maybe not the iPhone. They'd probably make some money on the iPhone. So yeah. They might have like one right. base so, model. Yeah, I, I'm on the site right now, and okay, the iPhone example. Um, up, it says here now they've updated the site to talk about plus fifteen, plus 15, ten, plus thirty five yeah. instead of smart standard max. Um, yep. So the the iPhone six S plus the high end one, um, regularly costs one thousand twenty nine dollars for the sixty four. Or, sorry, okay. for the 64, yeah. it's 1159. Okay. Um, you save $500 with a plus 35 plan. So not 700, but you save the next level down. So it is different. It is up to 700. It's not, it doesn't guarantee you saving $700. Um, and so that would mean that even when you were saving $700 at $35 a month, it was, uh, not a ripoff, but not a, a money losing scheme, but this is even more of a not money losing scheme. So they're getting an extra two hundred dollars that, um, in addition to the the amount that you'd get to break even, um, not to break even. Sorry, to 
to just be the full $700 off. They're giving you $200 less. But going to the very top, uh, I, I say top, but it's not actually top of the line. Um, last year's LG, the LG G4 is the second phone on the on the site. No term plan, $700. With a two-year agreement, it is $0. And that is on a plus 15 plan, which is supposed to only save you a maximum of $500 but they actually save you, they quote unquote save you $700 in that I don't think anyone would actually yeah. charge you $700, $700 for an LG G4 brand new right now. But uh, seeing as how the LG G5 is $800, I don't. Okay. So uh, the G4 was what I used as a comparison when we first yeah. looked at this. So yeah, off contract with prepay services, 700 bucks mm-hmm. on Fido. On Telus, the G4 is right. 550 no yeah. term. Which matches up with... $150 yeah. difference. Which... And that's where the quote-unquote up to $700 comes from. Because on a two-year agreement, plus 15 mm-hmm. is zero. So you're saving $700, but you're not because it's not worth $700. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, probably, it's probably not even worth $550, but at least it's <laughs> yeah. cheaper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, So that that's kind of where it's like, what are you trying to do here, Fido? Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand you're trying to give people a good deal, but you're being very misleading with how much these phones yeah. are worth. And essentially gouging people with prepaid if you're paying 700 bucks yeah. for a phone that's almost yeah. two years old now. The, the, the funny thing here, there's actually like the ne- the third phone is the Samsung Galaxy A5, which gives you a zero, $0 phone on a plus 10 plan. So paying $10 a month, but you actually save $400 compared to the no term price. So they they actually could with no irony or no misleadingness no extra misleadingness say that you can save four up to four hundred dollars on a plus 10 phone because this phone save you save four hundred dollars if you buy it on a plus 10 plan so they're actually like this theoretically if you're actually willing to pay four hundred dollars for a samsung galaxy a5 which i would argue you shouldn't uh you would this would only cost you $240 over a two-year agreement, and you would get a $400, theoretically, again, phone. So th- it's kind of all over the map, but it is definitely not a straight $300, $500, $700 savings mapping. Yeah. Yeah, the the A5 doesn't seem to be available on any other carriers, Okay, at least not on a quick Google search, so I can't compare that. But this this change by FIDO is, I think, mostly just a more clear branding of the plans yeah. versus like smart standard and mm-hmm. max. It is. I, I think that's mostly mm-hmm. what it is. Um, so I, I wouldn't read too much into the new pricing if there is one, because based on what I looked at, there wasn't any new pricing. Like the G4 cost the same amount using the old naming before it was the smart standard and, and yeah. max and it had the same price gradation. Right. So um, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's very interesting. Like I'm looking here um, with the with the iPhone. So I had said you get $500 off if you sign a plus 35 plan, but if you sign a plus 15 plan, it costs 780, which is a $380 savings, which I think is actually a better deal. Like if you're willing to pay 120 more dollars over two years, so five dollars extra a month upfront, then you have to pay twenty dollars less per. Uh, yeah, $20 less per month in order to save to pay $5 more upfront. So it, in my opinion, it would be a lot better to sign a two year agreement on a plus 15 plan with the iPhone than it would be to sign a plus 35 
agreement. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all about cost right. benefit and, and what you're able to pay. There's some people who basically have no ability to pay more than a hundred bucks right. for a phone. So for them, it's quote unquote worth it to save more on a phone up front and just pay on a month to month basis more in the yeah. long term because you're not mm-hmm. able to. And it's just a cost of having good technology, yeah. I guess. I, I would make a very, very seasoned argument that um, anybody who can pay $660 for a phone can also pay $780 for a phone. <laughs> but in this yes, example, in this specific sure. example, yeah. but yeah, in, in general, yeah. there are a lot of people and that's how a lot of people end up getting screwed out of um, plans because they think, oh, you know, I, if I get this phone up front for $0, then I only have to pay $80 a month for my phone contract, then that's worth it in the end. But actually the phone contract is a huge majority of the amount of money you'll pay to a phone carrier compared to the actual price of the phone. Yeah. Speaking of contracts, have you been approached by Fido to resign? Nope. Actually, no? I haven't looked at my no. my account since I since my plan expired on July fourth. Oh, it only just yeah. expired. Oh, because you signed a yeah. new one a while ago. That's right. In exchange for a, for, a for Nexus that free five phone. for sixty dollars, right? That you then yes. sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I would do that exact same deal again with another Nexus device. Right. Uh, obviously, it would cost more now because they're not three hundred dollars phones anymore. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that they haven't contacted me. I'm sure they will. I don't know. I'm intrigued as to why they haven't yet, but, uh, hmm. well, I've been off contract for the better part of three or yeah. four years. I, I have and, been off contract for and they have a really long, like yeah. I've been, a, a, a member of the Fido team for like 10 years, but I was off contract for more than half of that yeah. and only resigned because they gave me this really good deal and right. it didn't, I didn't have to change my plan. It didn't cost me anything to do. Yeah. No, I, I remember when we were both on Virgin yep. and they first came out and we had, it was like five cent texting plans to yep. each other. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's interesting that, um, going like there, there are parts of, we talked about a Fido site is fundamentally broken in some ways. When I go into my account and I go to click, like there's a button here next to my current Google Nexus five that says upgrade my device, like as in go browse phones. Just I click upgrade my device and it says, this is embarrassing. We're working to improve this experience, but continue to continue. You'll need to call 611 from your phone. Um, yeah. That has been like that for over a year, if not since this new site launched a couple of years ago. Uh, that's yeah. that is more than embarrassing. That is insanely uh, like just remove that button until it's ready. Like why even yeah. have that button that does nothing? Yeah, I actually had we can put this in the after show if you want but i had a hotspot mm. that i had bought and i was looking to cancel the plan i had and but keep the hotspot yeah. and they said so i bought the hotspot outright and was asked at the time of asking i was like can i cancel this plan over the phone like oh yeah it should be no mm. problem just you know they'll have the reference number or whatever call them they say oh we actually can't see that you've paid for this outright so we're gonna have to charge you 200 dollar <laughs> cancellation fee and it's like unless you go back into a store Yikes. So I'm like, well, they didn't lie. Uh, well, I guess you can cancel. Just, you just have to pay. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, long story short, I had to go back into the store, sit around the store for like 25 minutes while they were sitting on hold with their own. That's annoying. You know, customer service department, and it was just a lot more of a hassle mm. than it should have been. I think because their system wasn't set up to handle that kind of yeah. thing. Maybe I don't know what well, it was, but yeah. it's annoying that you calling. They charge a two hundred dollar fee, but if someone else calls them at the store, then 
that they can do well, because it. a person at the store is oh, a no, I, employee I they can verify employee and, well. and look like, at the receipt they still have to call right presumably the same right. customer service department and right <laughs> just be like yeah i'm yeah. an employee what he said is true yeah exactly <laughs> so i can send you a picture if you'd like <laughs> it's too funny uh yeah so um i'm interested to see how fido turns out i'm interested i'll i'll let you know if they contact me to re-up my plan or okay. i don't think they will because it's getting increasingly crazier and crazier although they did it out of the blue for no reason two years ago when i when i resigned so maybe yeah i feel like because of the plans we have like they'll look at them and be like we can't do anything right. about this it's like there's nothing that's going to make them yeah. sign onto a different plan and i did give them money when i got the nexus 5 it just wasn't very much right if if they started <laughs> selling a oneplus i might consider renewing my plan and getting a oneplus so when you renewed your plan they let you keep your same my same rate pay, same yeah. rate and everything was that a negotiation you did uh they tried to get me to like they, i could have gotten it for zero dollars if i had um like signed a new plan but i was like no i'll pay the full, full price minus my five dollars minus this they gave me 150 dollars or something okay yeah. weird. very weird but uh so mike i think that does it for for this week i will say i will say thank you to you for for being here even though nick could not be and uh to our listeners our lovely listeners there at, at a certain point in this episode we had three live viewers and that, again, wow. I did nothing to promote this episode live. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can head to unwindmedia.com slash future chat to see past episodes of the show and very little else, as Mike pointed out last week. <laughs> that was last week, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can go follow us at underscore future chat FM on Twitter. Uh, we post, I, I, I want to start posting some of the news stories we talk about there. Just kind of interesting things. Sometimes I do it, but not often. But uh, you can find out when we're recording live follow us on twitter so thanks for listening and we'll see you next week ciao did you have any after show stuff or you just want to i'm interested to hear what you want to say about first gen products <laughs> if you still want to talk about that well okay this can be a, a brief after show yeah uh, and then it'll be kind of out of the way i was sitting there actually yeah. this i wanted to say this earlier in the episode and i didn't um <laughs> i my, all my friends know that i really love apple products and so they got me um an Apple gift card for my birthday. And one of my friends got, I don't know if she was necessarily forgotten, but like she wasn't included in the list of people that were talking about what to get me and ended up getting me a gift card. So she got me a separate gift card that she gave to me yesterday, but she also, she put it in a, like a white bag. She drew an Apple logo on the side of the bag <laughs> and put, <laughs> she took a, like a dollar store plastic watch band and taped an Apple to it. And gave it, like, oh, put it no. in the bag. So she gave me an <laughs> right. Apple Watch. Uh, it was it was very funny and very well done. Right. Um, but it kind of got me thinking again, ruminating. So it was a gift card plus that. It was a gift card that. plus the Apple like Watch, it was, yes. Right, 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 sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it got me thinking again that I still have never owned a first-generation Apple product. And I, I don't know that I've ever owned a first-generation of any technology product. And it it intrigued me. And it kind of made me just want to talk, like, think a little bit about, like, I was thinking about the iPad. When the when the iPad first came out, I looked at it being pretty, like, technology savvy. I had had an iPhone before. Um, I'd had a few smartphones and laptops and all that. And I looked at the iPad when it launched, and I was like, this is the stupidest thing that has ever existed. Why would anyone buy it? And then the second generation one came out, and it had, like, it was way thinner. It was a lot lighter. Had a camera. 
it had all these like big improvements to it that the first generation was missing. And I like I pre-ordered one the day the second one was announced. I was just like, wow, this is so awesome. This is so much better than the first one. Um, it was almost like, wow, the first one was a beta product. Why? Why would anyone have bought that when they knew that or when they right. should have, could have, would have known that in just a year later, they were going to have this way better thing. And it made me think about the Apple Watch. And I never I didn't get a chance just financially. Timing was terrible. I didn't get a chance to get it. And so now I've paid off my student loan. So I have a little of just a bit of disposable income. So now would be the perfect time for me to buy an Apple Watch. But now there's talk of the second one coming out in September. And if it were just up to me and life didn't exist, I would have bought the first gen. I'd buy the first gen one now and then sell it and buy the second one when it comes out in two months. But life is real. And so that's not going to happen. But it made me think, are we going to get a second generation Apple Watch that is going to make the first one feel like a beta version? Like a, right. And people are already saying that Watch OS 3 that was announced at WWDC feels like the first generation of that software. Like it feels like, wow, this is so much better and different than the first and second version that it seems like this should be the original product that was released. And I'm I'm curious to see, like there's talk of LTE radios, there's talk of front face like cameras on the watch there's talk of all these things like it being quite a bit thinner and it made me think like was i smart and or lucky to not get this first generation apple watch uh just thinking about all the possibilities of what could be coming and i really want the second apple watch to make the first one feel like a beta product that would be such huge advancements i don't know if it's going to come but very interested you may not know this but currently i'm in possession of a first generation Moto 360 that I'm borrowing okay. from a Twitter I don't know how I would know that. Slash real friend. You, you might have come across okay. on Twitter. I, I don't know how much you see on my timeline, but um, yeah. So, because he said that he doesn't use mm. his anymore. He he just found that it wasn't vital to his day-to-day workflow, whatever. Right. He just didn't find it useful. So I said, can I try it? Because if he, And he's like, sure. So then we set up, arranged for, for me to, to grab mm. it and and try it out. So I tried it for an evening and then the battery died and then I put it on the charger and it wouldn't turn on the <laughs> next morning. I'm like, Oh crap. <laughs> so I, I Googled, you know, Moto 360 won't turn yeah. on. <laughs> and there's a guy's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I held the power button for 25 seconds and then let it go and then press it again. And it mm. turned on. And sure enough, that actually oh, wow. worked for mine. So that's, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> but now I'm scared to use it again. So I turned it back off after I got it turned back <laughs> on again. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> just cause it's, it's not mine. Yeah. Like it already has like a cracked back right. and part of the edges, the coloration is kind of off from the LCD screen. Yeah. I don't know why, but a- anyway, that's not what I'm mm-hmm. trying to get at. The point is like in the little time I did use it, I found that it worked well as a notification mm-hmm. center, but you can't do much else right. with it. Like it literally has the same options as the Android notification center okay. gives you. Um, so like for a tweet, I'll get a notification for a tweet and then it will say, you know, like retweet or open in right. phone, but you can't reply to mm-hmm. it. Um, like you, you, you can't, you can't go into the tweet and like look at your timeline. You can't do any of that yeah. kind of stuff. It's, it's just look at your notification and then go to your phone to actually do mm-hmm. stuff with it basically, which isn't that compelling. I'm kind it's, yeah, it's, it's not that compelling to me. Like I, and same with like when a phone call comes in with this, with this watch specifically, it will notify you that it's there, 
but when you answer it from the watch, it just picks up on your phone. Mm. It doesn't answer on the watch. So you can't actually talk to the person on the right. watch because it doesn't have like the the 4G connectivity right. to it. So I guess it's not able to talk directly from the watch, whereas some watches right. can. Um, so, so far right now that there hasn't been a ton to convince me that like, oh yeah, this is a really mm-hmm. good thing that I want to have and this current state, like the way it yeah. is right now. But so in, in the way you're saying that first gen products are kind of like betas with smartwatches, it's almost like the third gen yeah, you need to wait yeah. for. At least the third gen Android ones, I guess well, Apple's still in first gen. They, yeah. We haven't seen we'll the second see, one. Right. No. And, and there's, I guess now that we're, we're talking about it, like Google is rumored to be working on two new mm-hmm. Nexus watches that are supposedly going to have GPS and, and LTE. Okay. Um, which are kind of two of the things that I'd like a watch mm-hmm. to have so that I can like just leave my phone at home or the, wherever yeah. and still have full functionality. The, essentially. the only reason that you would ever make a smartwatch that had LTE is if it was capable of being used without being paired. And yeah, so that no, exactly. would take yeah. a leap forward in yeah. software. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the, the other thing is that you don't need LTE. You, you almost just need like 2G when it comes to, when like it comes a to smartwatch. that smartwatch. Like I'm picturing if you had a, if you have a smartphone or if you have a, a smartwatch with a camera on it, FaceTime seems oh, like an obvious like video thing. calls. Yeah. Yeah. But battery would take like a well, giant it depends. Hit Yeah. That. It depends what, and if, if you can't make a giant leap forward in battery saving technology, then yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd be okay to have kind of like phone functionality where I can text, take calls and even go into like a Facebook newsfeed right. or, or Twitter timeline and, and do yeah. whatever. You know, some people might not want to or need to, but I'd like the mm-hmm. option to. Um, and to have that 2G connectivity so that data use isn't too bad. So, like, you can get away with a one gigabyte per month yeah. data plan, even if it's a standalone mm-hmm. plan. Like, I, I wouldn't care. Um, and then and then still maintain that functionality. It, it would so. almost be like you'd want to have, if you have your phone, you'd want it to pair and use that data connection. But if you don't have your yep. phone, you want it to fall back on its data connection. The the one thing I do like with the Android ones, and I'm not sure if the Apple ones will or are able to do this now, but with when they're on Wi-Fi connections, as long as the phone's on a Wi-Fi connection mm-hmm. and your watches, they don't even have to be on the same right. one, oh. but they have to be on a Wi-Fi connection, then they can still talk to each other. Like they can right. still there. Yeah, there are different powers that if they are on the same one, you get at least with iOS uh, and Apple Watch that where you can have extra special powers. Oh, okay. But, yeah, in general, they just both have to be on the network, on a network connected yeah. to the internet. Yeah, I think with the phone though, it has to be on Wi-Fi, but it might be mistaken. Yeah, uh, maybe. I feel like it might some, have to be. some things, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the most one of the most interesting things to me, at least, is the concept of using your watch as a camera viewfinder. I have okay. never, I haven't owned an Apple Watch, like I said, but I would take a lot more pictures, like especially group pictures, if I could set up my phone and then hit a button on my watch that says like start countdown and then it would do a three second countdown and take a picture like i would use that all the time not just right. like i would use it at least once a week because i record a podcast where we take a picture every week and i want to be yeah. in it but i would use that i would use that so often yeah I, I would yeah. even theoretically use it like as a almost like a an ad hoc baby monitor where i'd set up the phone somewhere right like looking at a baby or a puppy in this case and just be like what does it look like? Oh, he's doing fine. Yeah, that's right. good. 
Yeah. I also uh, like speaking of things I'm looking forward to possibly happening in the next one. I would love to have an iPad and an Apple Watch with no phone. Like I'd love to be able to pair a cellular cellular iPad, and then I wouldn't need a small like my small device that would have me on like literally on me all the time checking would be the watch, but then the iPad would be the thing providing the backup and pairing and all that. I don't think that's going to happen, but I would benefit from that. 